Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Sports Ball Go. And Puck. That's right, hockey exists. I'm your host, Julia Mall. Beside me are my two co-hosts, Kyle Ginsbach and Brian Mose. Say what's up. What's up? Howdy. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Fantastic. Brian, how are you? Pretty solid. Ready to talk about some sports for an hour? Absolutely. Alrighty, starting off, NFL Week 8 recap. Who looked hot, who didn't? Starting with teams. Starting with teams, uh, Cardinals dropped the big one. I mean, they had an opportunity to win the game. They were at the end zone. It's just unfortunate that A.J. Green didn't pick up Kyler's audible, but, man, I don't know whether to take the Packers seriously or not. I'll be honest with you. I really don't know. I do believe we'll get into that later. <laughs> but another big game, gentlemen, Colts-Titans. Uh, Colts Titans was a big game. Colts decided that they knew how to play some football. Carson Wentz looked decent for some of the game. Jonathan Taylor had a good day too. Jonathan Taylor seventy yards amazing. on uh, sixteen rushes and one touchdown. Correct? Yeah, just one touchdown. One touchdown. AJ Brown with a cool ten receptions for one hundred fifty-five yards and a touchdown. Probably the best player on the field that day. I'd say so. Arguably the best player hey, of the speaking day. Speaking of players not on the field, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry looking like he is out for the season with a 6-10 to ten week, what is it, heel injury? Something like your bones in the foot. foot yeah, it's fractured foot. Bones. The earliest the Titans can get him is if they make the AFC yeah, Championship, and which without Derrick Henry is not going to happen. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, especially they signed Adrian Peterson this morning, the practice squad. We'll see how that turns out. I don't know. I mean, the fact that Washington desperately needed a uh, running back last year, you know, Gibson looked hot, now he doesn't. Uh, you know, what does Peterson's outlook even look like it could be for them for the rest of the season? Probably not that high. I, I would not expect him to be a high-volume back in that spot. I, I can't imagine it's nothing more than an emergency situation. I would say emergency or no more than within the five-yard line. The one thing Adrian Peterson did do very well for the Vikings that uh, I'd say Dalvin Cook hasn't been great at is pass blocking for a running back. I'd say Adrian Peterson was very key there, and I think if that's going to be the guy they go to for a pass blocker, that could be huge for Ryan Tannehill, especially with how A.J. Brown has played the past two weeks of just phenomenal play down to these fully healthy this is a lot more of a side note here, um, but this is shifting towards another AFC South team completely irrelevant, but I just want to talk about talk about the Jaguars real quick here. James Robinson had four touches. I believe he got injured early on. You guys want to guess how many times Trevor Lawrence threw against the Seahawks? 54. Yeah, 54 times. I mean, Kyle looked it up, whatever. <laughs> He's a big cheater. But 54 times. I, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I mean, I get that the Jags are not that talented, but it... It's a first overall pick, and I get it. But Trevor Lawrence is still probably, in my opinion, the best quarterback in this class, and he's just being thrown in the fire right now. People keep forgetting how good Trevor Lawrence is. I would definitely agree with that. Especially, I've always followed that rule set of, in my mind, I don't think any, you know, I, I'd never put the pressure on a rookie quarterback to actually be good their first year. Um, you know, we've seen some exceptions. Herbert looked pretty good. Uh, Mayfield was pretty solid. Year. Mayfield I don't, I don't like Mayfield, solid. but he was solid as rookie year. He was year. pretty solid as rookie year. Uh, and, you know, I feel like a lot of people, when they see these great quarterbacks that were great in college that are expected to do phenomenal in the NFL, we see them fail very often. Uh, you look at Zach Wilson, 
you know, Jalen Hurts is a third-year player now, and he still looks like he's in his rookie year, which how poorly he plays sometimes. Except for garbage time. Except for that garbage time. Justin garbage Fields time. is just starting to figure something out week eight for himself. Uh, Trey Lance ended up just getting benched now over Garoppolo. I feel like there's a lot of times these rookie quarterbacks get a lot of weight put onto their shoulders, and a lot of them tend to fail. And I think a lot of people don't think there's a great chance that this quarterback does nothing in their first couple years. And I think right now that's the case for Trevor Lawrence. Almost certainly. I mean, you can't ask that receiving core to help Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence, the way they have. I'm. You got, what, DJ Chark? He's injured. He's, he's, out. injured. he's out, what, pretty much Marvin Jones. the rest of the season. Yeah. Marvin Jones, who pretty much goes week to week of being injured. LaVisca Chenault has not Chenault's been what they thought he was going to be. He, he's a lot more of a tweener, too. Uh, last year he got a lot of running back snaps, and I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't been following a lot of Jaguars football, but I would not be surprised if Chenault is getting a lot of looks out of the backfield, too, which takes away his ability in space sometimes. Especially now if, uh, you know, Robinson's James out, Robinson yeah. is day-to-day, you know. I think he was very luck- lucky to walk away with the fact that his injury ended up being just a day-to-day type injury. Um, I think originally during the game it was looked at as could possibly be season-ending. Um, so I think that's good for him, the fact that uh, it's not season-ending whatsoever. So do we want to talk about any other games? Because I know we're going to discuss contenders and pretenders. Bengals, I think, Jets. I think, I think a pretender got Bang- shown. Bengals, Jets. Weekend. Bengals uh, we'll are the there. biggest we'll pretenders there. on the year. Honestly, there is another game I, I, do, think, I do want to mention when you're done. I, I think the Bengals this year have been given arguably one of the easier seasons. Um, you know, Joe Burrow obviously gave him credit. He's coming off a big injury. Don't give he, Joe Burrow credit. He it's looks Jamar Chase. He looks good. Jamar Chase, I feel like some of his big plays that you see highlights for every Sunday have been blown coverage or just, you know, unexperienced cornerbacks that are trying to go up against Jamar Chase, which he, he's got to burn every time. He's got speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was and probably, I don't know if uh, was is the correct term, but I mean, was probably the best college wide receiver maybe of all time. Like, he was certainly up there. Joe Burrow was the best single season quarterback of all time. I mean, think of that 2019 offense. You've got ridiculous. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Even Thaddeus Moss was pretty good. Thaddeus Moss, he's starting for the Panthers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, just seeing that LSU team actually play well in the NFL is amazing to see. But to the Jets, congratulations to Mike White on his first NFL win. Go Hilltoppers, Go Western Hilltoppers. Kentucky alum. <laughs> but, man, I... After getting a signature win against the Ravens, it's quite amazing that the Bengals, uh, or the Bungles, as they should be named, uh, really collapsed like that. I find that hilarious. I mean, what, we have, there were 5-1 and one going into that game? 5-2. and 5-2 and two going into that game, they dropped 5-3. and three. The uh, White puts up 405 yards and three, three, touchdowns. three touchdowns, two interceptions? 30, no, not a single interception. He threw 37 completions on 45 attempts. He had as, as good of a game as you can have in terms of just stat-wise. It looks amazing on paper. Let's let's talk about, let's take a second and talk about, uh, you know what, before we hit that, Kyle, what was your game that you think? I think we have to bring up Buccaneers-Saints. Mm. Buccaneers-Saints definitely was a game I don't think anybody mm-hmm. would have thought could have been upsetted, and I think it's brought a lot of attention to the fact that maybe the Saints could be legit this year. Absolutely not. I think Jameis Winston is very hit or miss, and I think that's a key 
now he's going to be out, out for, for the year. He's now, yeah, year. he's out yep. for the year now, so we'll see how... Uh, it's the Trevor Simeon. What is it, Trevor Simeon? Simeon. Cam Newton is a free agent, too. I mean, there are options on the table out there. Trade deadline is... It has not passed yet. That's true. So... We'll see what we'll see the what Saints go with going forward. What, what is it? Four o'clock tomorrow is the yep. trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens tomorrow morning. But uh... do we want to talk about any more games, or do you I want think, to get into? Uh, sort I would of like the everyone to go around and tell me a contender or pretender. Contender, or contender, contender. Pick pretender. Honestly, big contender. Even though taking that loss, you you, you can't not say the Bucks. Their weapons are just insane, you know. And people always want to say, "Oh, of course Tom Brady's going to be great. He's got great weapons." And it's, it's just you know, if the weapons on that team are so great, why hasn't that team been very successful in the past without him? Not saying that they haven't been, but why haven't they been this amazing team before that? Uh, biggest pretender for me, and this is a team that picked up a win uh, on Halloween. That would be the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as a Vikings fan, it was really painful to watch, but we won't get all into that. Uh, it just, it's, it's kind of what happened happened, and it, it's a really good, uh, as Kirk Cousins mentioned multiple times in his pregame speech, a real good measuring stick for how good the Vikings are, and it's uh, that they're not. They're not that good. Uh, and the Cowboys, uh, with a backup quarterback, certainly looked interesting. You love the wide receiver talent they have with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, but I really don't see this Cowboys team going that far when... Their only uh, signature win was against a Chargers team that's really sputtering right now. The Cowboys have not played anybody, they ha- or they haven't beat anybody above 500. Their best game so far this year was only losing by two points to the Buccaneers, and that was in Week One. Hey. The Cowboys are not not contenders. They will lose in the wild card or divisional, regardless of where they start. I mean, my pretenders got to be the got to be the Ravens. Oh, okay. Their signature win, even, although they had a bye week this week, was the Chargers. And- the Chargers certainly didn't turn any heads on Sunday. No. A very unimpressive, lackluster loss to the Patriots. Suddenly the Ravens don't have that win yet. Yeah, I mean, they got pumped by the Bengals. The Patriots, in my opinion, have not looked that impressive at all. I feel like Mac Jones is one of the most overrated rookie quarterbacks I can think of in the past few years. I mean, I guess Baker Mayfield comes to mind, but at least Mayfield changed the culture in Cleveland, or at least he was a part of it. Uh, Mac Jones is not throwing the ball deep. He's just kind of keeping the play in front of him. Not saying that he can't be a good quarterback, but for me personally, he's at most an above-average starter in a good system. I agree with you on that one. And honestly, another pretender, the Carolina Panthers. You go 3-0 in the that season. That could have been called like two weeks ago. 3-0 <laughs> in the season, and now what? They're sitting 3-5. and five. They haven't four had a bye week. Four, four and four. four. They picked up a win against they, Atlanta. They picked up a win against Atlanta. Congrats. You picked up a win against Atlanta. Even without, though Atlanta should have won. That's so stupid. Without Calvin Ridley. Good job. Um, it, it's, you know, I'm sure Panthers fans would say, oh, it would be a completely different story if McCaffrey wasn't hurt. I'm sure it would be. But, you know, if you have a player that talented and if Chuba was supposed to be this great backup that he hasn't been, I just I can't see how I, Chuba hasn't been that bad. He hasn't been it terrible, hasn't been terrible. But, it's, just, it's hard to replace Chris. It's McCaffrey. hard to replace McCaffrey. It's hard to that, it's hard to replace McCaffrey. But it's very easy to replace Sam Donald at this point. I mean, the man just went from one of the or one of the top players with the most rushing touchdowns 
and now he's just looks like he's going to lose his job to a backup. Uh, is that PJ Walker? It is PJ PJ Walker, the XFL the, MVP. A few snaps PJ Walker took. He did not look very good either. Although a full week of practice may Could help. Him some good. Yeah. So some I think another thing football wise we should bring up is talk about backup quarterbacks this weekend showing up. You got White for the Jets. You got sadly Cooper Rush for the Cowboys. Uh, we had one or two more big names as well. Uh, what do we have? If you want to count Davis Mills as a backup quarterback, I mean, I know it's supposed to be Deshaun Watson. I don't really like the guy. But late hey, surge, Davis, yeah, late Davis surge for the Davis has been playing well. He threw for 310 yards yesterday. He had two touchdowns. Hey, and 22 points against a solid Rams defense. Although they lost big time, it. I'd say that's a big Davis Mills doesn't play defense. Also, also Simeon stepping up yep. for yep. Davis yep. Winston is huge. Simeon stepped up. That's who my other one was I couldn't think of. That was very huge. Especially to pick that win over, mm-hmm. you know, going to the season, arguably the Super Bowl favorites again. Now, Kyle, I want to start this with you. Who's your biggest contender? It's still the Cardinals. Still the Cardinals, even it's, after your boys it, beat them. Even after my Packers beat the beat the Cardinals, I every team every year plays one bad game. It happens. And the weapons they have, their defense has been better than expected. Rondell Moore is a little shaky on the, on the punt returns. If, if That's just nitpicking. He's also a rookie, too. Yes. Which so certainly doesn't help things. It's the Cardinals. What do you think, Jules? Honestly, biggest contender for me, I've got to go, you know, if it would have been last night, I would have said Titans, 100%. Wow, really? As of with last Ryan night. With Ryan Tannehill at quarterback? With Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, even though he's a system quarterback, you have Derrick Henry in your backfield. Now he's most likely out for the season. So last night I would have said Titans. This morning I am going with the L.A. Rams. I want my NFC North native Matt Stafford to get a ring this year. I think especially with the move that the Rams made this morning to pick up Von Miller, you know, the Rams are cleaning house of all their top five-round draft picks right now. And I think the Rams really want a Super Bowl win this year, especially how close they came uh, a couple years ago uh against uh, the Patriots. Here's the thing. If if that comes to fruition, they would be the second team in a row to play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl after it didn't happen for 54 straight years. That'd be kind of interesting. That'd be very interesting. I concur with Julian that the Rams are big contenders, but I want to show some love to the AFC East and the Bills. Their win this week was not pretty, but they pulled it out. They showed a lot of fight against a Dolphins team that's desperate for a win right now. Now, that's a bit of a charitable <laughs> sort of like way to describe the game because they should beat the Dolphins, but even when it's ugly, the Bills put up 16 points in the fourth quarter and put them away. I think that's huge for the Bills, and my, my Super Bowl right now is Bills-Rams. I like that Super Bowl. I, I do too. Honorable mention, being a Vikings fan, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I do think Aaron Rodgers is very, very mad enough to finally pull off after, I'm going to call it right now, NFC championship win after the fifth year in a row. I think the Packers are going to win the NFC championship this year. You just picked the Rams as your biggest contender. As my biggest contender right now, yeah, 100%. Maybe if Rodgers starts throwing the football more than 10 yards per play, I can say that. But he's not. He's playing scared right now. And listen, he's having a Jared Goff type year. Listen, Kyle, you can make fun of me all you want. Rodgers is not airing the ball out deep. 
in the Thursday night game, he was 22 for 37, 189 yards. But it's, That's pathetic. Aaron Rodgers isn't a Mac Jones where he has to prove to you that he can air the ball out. We've That's true, he doesn't Aaron have to Rodgers prove to me. He's taking a huge step back. He he's taking a huge step back this year. Oh, my God, Brian. And I'm not saying he isn't talented. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. But, not top ten, though, right? Oh, yeah, not top ten. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to set my agenda. But he is literally holding himself back with dinking and dunking on these teams. So I really don't understand why anybody takes the Packers seriously at this point after losing four NFC championships in Rodgers' tenure. The one year that they win the Super Bowl, they had to play a Steelers team that was lucky enough to not play the Patriots after the Ravens upset them. It, I really don't understand why the Packers are being taken seriously right now. That's hard for me. To, that's hard for me to really justify. It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I get it's Aaron Rodgers. Who's the same guy who's lost four NFC Championship games? Aaron Rodgers. But as Packers fans I guess would say, he that's gets not really fair to right? Aaron though. Let me let me say this: playoff wins are a team stat. To be fair, it's just Rodgers has not performed that well in January, and what Aaron Rodgers looks like right now is what he usually looks like in January, which is concerning to me. NHL gentlemen. I was just going to ask you. Way, way to wrap her up there. What are you guys' early season reactions? I'm surprised that Carolina is as good as they are. They traded away all their goaltending pieces. They picked up a castaway from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and Freddie Anderson, who's having a Vesna caliber season in the first eight games. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge person to follow hockey. I'd love to get more into it this season. But a huge surprise to me, 100%, no emotion behind it, the Blackhawks. They come off of almost 10 years in a row of making it to the playoffs. Well, I'm not saying making it to the playoffs. Still generally having a very good season and if not clutching the playoffs, just barely missing it. And so far, they're, they're realistically, pitiful. they're shitting the bed. They're very pitiful. It's, it's the definition of a kid that drank too much orange juice before bed. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, 0-7-2, we could see the potential uh, in a few games here of two teams that are 0-12 in terms of just loss to win, not get taking into account overtime losses and standings points. If uh, the Yotes and Hawks continue on this path, we could see a tank bowl. That's usually only in the NFL, but we could see it in hockey here pretty soon. Uh, Kyle is our resident Hawks fan. I know he's not very proud of the team, considering all the recent news and the recent play. Uh, what, how would you feel about a couple 0-12 squads going at it in a few weeks? It would only be right. With uh, with everything that has happened in the, the last few months, everything yeah. that has unfolded, and I, of course I feel bad for some of the guys on the team who have nothing to do with a lot yeah, of like the, the news. Yeah, like the of course. Theory. But at the end of the day, the team does need to play better. The team needs to stop making the simple mistakes, the simple hockey decisions. They need to score more. They need to s- prevent scoring. It's Talk about scoring. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Got Kyle to look. Uh, one thing, uh, all the nerds are up in arms about this. I don't know if uh, Julian really wants to comment on this, but I talked about this with Kyle. Is Seth Jones actually good? He's really put himself up in terms of numbers. He's entered the 96th percentile on Jay Fresh's uh, analytics model. Jay Fresh, a great Twitter follow in terms of hockey Twitter. Him and Dominic the Athletic are great when it comes to analytics and hockey and making it you know easy to explain for general fans like myself, but... Seth Jones is in the 96th percentile in terms of offense. Uh, he's rising his numbers. The only one he isn't, and I think, is shooting efficiency. But overall, he's been playing a lot better in his last 65 games, which includes his last stint with the Blue Jackets. So, uh, 
Are the nerds wrong, Kyle? Is Seth Jones that good? He's leading the team in points right now. Seth Jones has been very unattractively impressive this year. He, <laughs> Is he, he just doing all the dirty work? He hasn't done anything sexy. I, and at the end of the day, I think he's done everything the Hawks have asked for him. I think he leads the team in ice time. Yeah. Well, it's and Seth Jones. It's, of course, but when you have a guy like Duncan Keith leading the team in ice team in the past years, it can be hard shoes to fill in. He may not be scoring like Keith, but... His defense has arguably been better. Again, you know, I'm not knowing too much about hockey or names or anything like that, but just from the brief stat lines you had showed me earlier, honestly, from what he was to what he is, I definitely say there's something he's figured out that uh, definitely helps him play a lot better. It could be that contract money. He's got that contract money under him. (laughs) Eight years from now, the price may may be ridiculous, but maybe it's Seth Jones' world and we're just living in it. I guess to further kind of make our arguments brief or maybe kind of, or rather, arguments brief but expand the scope of what we're talking about here, is there any specific team you guys want to focus on? Any team that's really impressed you, disappointed you? Because uh, I've got a team, uh, and this is more specific players, but, uh, and I'm sure Julian can concur with me as he's watched some wild games, but when are Kaprizov and Fiala going to wake up? I really don't get it. Uh, through the first eight games, they've been almost invisible at points. It's really tough to watch. I know that Kaprizov is working hard. Uh, when it comes to Fiala, I know his defensive skills aren't renowned, but he's getting muscled off the puck. He has no forecheck. He's not trying to win possessions for the Wild. If, yeah. the, if the Wild have Marcus Foligno scoring more goals than guys like Kaprizov and Fiala, then the Wild are in trouble. This is a team that was poised to hit second place in the Central, and right now they're behind teams like the Blues, and obviously the Avalanche were expected to be up there. But the Central right now is very weird, and I get it, but the Wild right now need to shape up before they play Ottawa here very soon. Uh, Yeah, no, I definitely have to agree with you on that. I mean, I think I've watched uh, all of maybe one or two games so far this season, and from what I've heard from expectations to what I've seen on the ice, I think we've seen a lot of guys step up this year from what they have in the past. Cam Talbot? Talbot's been playing great. Um, I know Kakinen was supposed to be our starter. Talbot went in, and he's looking pretty good so far. He's let up a couple, you know, goals. That's kind of what are you gonna do about it? Uh, he's looked good in the. He's good. He's looked good in the blue. You know, um, back to Fiala and uh, Kirill. Honestly, I'm just baffled here at this point that Kirill still doesn't have a goal on the season. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at. The Wilds' ninth game tomorrow night, no goal. and no goal yet. Um, big names that I do think have stepped up huge, though. Talbot, 100%. Dumbo, wearing that big A on his chest this year. I think he's playing to expectations and possibly higher. Yeah. Um, uh, another big name that I feel like has been playing huge for us this year, Jewel Erickson Eck. Yeah, absolutely. He's looked on fire. His face-off win percentage is through the roof. Um, he's been getting a lot of shots on goals and a lot of good goals as well that come in pretty clutch times for the Wild. Uh, there was that great tying goal against the Jets uh, a week or so back, two weeks back, that you know kind of started that tumble of, is this Wild team looking serious this year? And now we're on a three-game lose streak, and hopefully we can pull something together tomorrow night. Uh, shoot, I had something. Oh, that's right. Uh, the Wild, when it came to that Vegas series last year, faceoffs is what killed them. So if you can have a guy who can consistently win faceoffs, that's huge. Because 
A team against Vegas with very little center depth should not have been beating the Wild in the faceoff circle as much as they did last year. And if they're able to hold on to that, if they make the playoffs this year in a very odd central division, uh, we can see what happens. I don't, I, I don't know if I have a ton of confidence in them beating a team like the Avalanche in a seven-game series, although the Wild seem to have good luck against the Avalanche in the past 20 years or so <laughs> against the Avalanche. Uh, but I feel like the Wild are in a good position, but they need to make sure that Kaprizov and Fiala start playing better. And yeah. he, Not even that Fiala has to be a defensive stalwart. I'm not asking for that. What I'm not asking for is for him to get shoved off the puck in Vancouver and let Bo Horvat score an easy goal. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's really not that difficult. And I mean, one person that, you know, the Wild worked so hard to keep on this offense just to try and make this team next to unstoppable, Kirill. I mean, you know, it's a tough, it's it's a tough game. He's looking good. He's just got to. You just got to find a way to get the puck in the back of the net. Especially after he signs a huge contract. Kyle, I noticed a few minutes ago you had something to say. What did you want to say? You can't not talk about the Buffalo Sabres. That's true. You have to tip your cap. A team that should be right along with the Coyotes and Blackhawks right now is, I believe, second place in their division. So was Kevin Adams right all along? Was Jack Eichel the problem? No. How many goals does Skinner have right now? Hasn't Skinner been playing really it's, well? He's had, he's had a handful, that's for he's sure. He's finally playing up to his contract? Maybe Eichel was a problem. The whole team remains a problem. The whole team doesn't have the talent that is an NHL roster. But if they they want to be scrappy, yeah. who knows? I, how you know, long do you one, expect that to last? How long do you expect I, that to last, though? Another two weeks, Tops. I'm, another two weeks? Tops. Tops, okay. Tops, we, we've seen some teams get excited before. I, the Hawks had a hot start last year. That's true. Good teams expose bad teams. It will happen eventually, but it's been fun to watch. Certainly. I think one team that deserves an honorable mention for this past week of playing, Big B's. Bruins coming up with a huge win against the Florida Panthers. Well-deserved in a shootout. Um, didn't catch too many highlights from the game, but the Bruins looked like they're... Uh, Especially like against, they were pretty hot on offense. Especially though. against Florida, where uh, I don't know if you guys watch the hockey guy on YouTube, great YouTuber. Uh, he releases power rankings, and he had Florida at number two. Florida's been playing extremely well. They have a lot of great pieces, and with if Hunter Knight plays well, uh, along with Bobrovsky, I believe, is still in that for them, right? Yep. Uh, that's a scary team. Now, I don't know how much I trust Bobrovsky in the playoffs, but... Panthers are good, and if the Bruins can pick up a win like that, regardless of it being in a shootout or not, uh, that's a huge win. I mean, obviously, they lost their coach, uh, albeit, yeah. albeit the right decision. Coach Quenville has proved that he is a very good hockey coach, mm-hmm. maybe not the greatest human being, yeah. but it could be something to look forward to going forward in Florida. Hey, maybe the interim coach gets a little bit more prestige after uh, leading a very talented Gentlemen, I, into the playoffs. I would also like to bring up something else. Connor fucking McDavid. <laughs> what is it, 16 points in seven games? It's ridiculous. Yeah. How are you supposed to stop him? I like how Leon Dreisaitl hits a 200 goal mark. Everybody's excited. Connor McDavid passes him up the, the next night. And McDavid <laughs> is the fourth fastest oiler to get to 200 goals. You know, I got Not a way, bad, right? I, I got a way you could stop him. You put about a six by six foot big cement block in front of the goal. Okay. I think that's the only way that it's happened. Well, that's what the Lightning were trying to do with Ben Bishop, and they lost the cup to the Hawks, so I don't know if that's really going to work. Who knows? Eh, who knows? Kyle, would you like to start us off on our next topic? As you know, the World Series is going on right now. 
it's going to be over soon. Albeit, maybe not the World Series many people hope for. It is the World Series we have. Astros, Braves, Game 6 is tonight. Bad time. Gentlemen, who do we got? Braves in 6. Brian's been saying Braves in 6 since the Braves-Dodgers series yep. started. Um, you know, I I gotta I ha- I'd love to see the Braves come up with a win tonight. I've gotta stick with my Astros in the World Series. I made a bet in preseason that I had Astros in the World Series. How many games was that? You said six, right? No. Nope. Uh, no, I said I said uh, I said Astros in five. Sadly, yep. the game count was wrong. Still hoping for uh, you if know the game what, counts wrong. The, if throw the game the prediction counts wrong, away. It's you know Braves what? Six, Prediction's baby. gone. It's still a bet. Astros win. I get twenty bucks. <laughs> Braves and six. Go Eddie Rosario, former Minnesota, former twin. Minnesota Twin, balling up. He got the. He got the NLCS MVP. Uh, he's looking like he could even play for the World Series MVP. The game tonight it is certainly within the realm of possibility. He's batting what? Uh, just shy of 400 in the so. World Series. World Series 500 in the NLCS. Hitless in the NLDS. But you know, where you so. lack, later you prevail. I mean, it's looking great. Duvall two nights ago. Last night with the monstrous Grand Slam in the early stages of the game. Sadly, the Brewers couldn't close out last night. The Braves, you mean? Did I say the Brewers? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, the Braves used to play in Milwaukee, so we, yeah, can, we, we can let that slide. We'll let it slide. Anyways. Uh, Freddie Freeman hit one of the sexiest home runs yep. I've ever 460 seen. 460 feet. Wow, it was beautiful. Clean stroke. Straight off the bat. Yep. Knew one, it was of the, gone. one of the longest home runs in World Series, I believe. I think so. It might have been. It that. might have been the longest. Not I longest. I, I, definitely I, I, somewhere in the top ten for I feel sure. like maybe Reggie Jackson might have gotten to a few that went True. farther. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie definitely has. Yeah, Here's the thing. Enough. MLB's formatting for the World Series is terrible. Why are the Braves getting a home game five? Yep. Why? That's awful. Why is it 2-3-2? Two, two? I thought we retired that in the 90s when the NBA thought it was stupid. Like, why is that still a thing? Money. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the Either season? Either that the or just, like, travel. I don't, honestly don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. It makes the players tired. It makes everybody that has to work that game that night tired, especially mostly because you played last night. Um, you know, they were home last night. They're home... Are they in Houston tonight? Yeah, they're in Houston tonight. They're in Houston tonight, and it's just, it's why why make that a trip? I back would, to back nights. I don't I don't understand it. I would honestly, if I if I were in that spot, I would rather have the lower seat or not have home field yeah. advantage. Because yeah. if you can steal a game on the road, you have the series within your hand. This is very close, of course, especially because normally it's what isn't it two two? It's two three, two, eight, two two one. What one, it should one. be is two two. But it's been two three. It's two three two for NLCS World Series a- ALCS. It's, it's been that way f- forever. I mean, it's not really put in the spotlight because not many series go that long. Maybe because of the formatting. Yeah, I would say so. But baseball is a volatile game. You know, one thing I do think we have to bring up is uh, I believe it was either Game One or Game Two, Jock. Peterson losing that beautiful pearl necklace. He got his jeweler came back. His jeweler came out to Atlanta, and gave him a new one just in time before Game Three, I believe. Yes, I Uh, think so. Game Three or Game Two, or maybe Game Four. Yeah, Um, and and I just, I love it. It's hilarious to see. 
if only Jock could buy pants that fit him uh, all the way down to his leg, either that or just roll it up to his knee, you know, like a like a civilized baseball player. He's he's pretty close to having a jersey that's a size too small as well. <laughs> but, uh, is he doing like a Luke Voigt impression? Uh, he that? must be. <laughs> you know, one person that Luke Voigt reminds me of the most is uh, Jimbo from Boss Baby. The big <laughs> of oversized. Course I didn't even watch Boss Baby, so I don't have a clue what you're talking about, but of course you make oh, a Boss Jimbo. Baby reference. Anyways, World Series, not much to talk about. I do, I do have one more point, gentlemen. Okay, alright. And maybe we are contributing this by talking about the World Series third. But who's talking about the World Series right now? What? It's because nobody expected the series. We cannot... SportsCenter hosts the World Series, right? SportsCenter's looked at as the worldwide renowned media for sports. And yet, they're not talking about it. Yeah, that's what Obviously, this is the time of the season where the four U.S. major sports are going on. Men's hockey, men's basketball, men's baseball, men's football. Why isn't SportsCenter talking more about the World Series? Obviously, it's a World Series nobody would have thought would be interesting. The Braves are kind of making it interesting. But I think it's ridiculous that... They're the worldwide sports center, and they're not talking about the world. Now, now you guys know how hockey fans feel for the past like fifteen years. That's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's a part of the joke in our intro. Yep. <laughs> uh, enjoy baseball now because uh, a big uh, strike is going to happen, a player strike because of the CBA is expiring. So enjoy baseball now before it we leaves will, you because we, we are going to have a short season this off season. Definitely it's we'll good. get into that in the off season and uh, who knows this could be uh, potentially I think we'll talk about it next week a little bit but last big time we talk about baseball until we hear some big news probably I would love to run some betting lines by you gentlemen right, for right. the upcoming week first off we have the maybe lackluster Monday night football game between the Giants and Struggling Chiefs. Man, I wonder which specific player that matchup is for that they scheduled that. I wonder who they're benefiting. The spread is Kansas City by ten and a half. Gentlemen, do they cover the spread tonight? Yes, absolutely they cover. I really think they do. Patrick Mahomes is looked at right now as a joke, and I think he really wants to prove everybody wrong. Um, And obviously with everything that ties into social media, his brother, um, what is Jackson. Jackson. is just absolutely clowning it up right now on, you know, all social media platforms. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes has a great night tonight. I mean, at time of recording, Patrick Mahomes already has a touchdown. Yeah. To so. who? To who? To who? Well, I was just looking at Patrick Mahomes' stats. I can pull that up later here, but if Kyle wants to get into the next line. Pull it up line later. Here. Next line. What do we Go got, ahead. Kyle? We have a big hockey game tonight. Oh. The defending champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Washington Capitals, perennial contenders. Gentlemen, the puck line is Washington by one and a half. I will take Tampa Bay as the underdog. I'll definitely take Tampa Bay as the underdog, especially because everybody knows they have the weapons to do it. As a matter of fact, if the the gears click tonight, but... Hey, Vasilevsky's still playing well. It's just the offense needs to start clicking. Yeah, the offense has been very lackluster, and I feel very... Not even to say overrated because everybody knows they can do it. Um, underproducing. And even if they don't win, they should still be able to cover that that spread. Oh, 100%. Oh, and that looks like a goal for the Blackhawks. 
The Blackhawks' first lead of this season. They led, they led once. They've led, led, led once. We, They've we, led we, once we, and they choked. Second lead of the season in 50 nine seconds games. left in the first period and the Blackhawks go up one nothing. Not bad. Not bad. That uh, touchdown was to Tyreek Hill, Tyreke by the way. Who else? Who else would it be to Tyreek Hill? Beautiful rebound there. Not bad. All right. I know we briefly covered the World Series, but the money line for Atlanta Houston today. Houston is the favorite at negative one twenty-five. Gentlemen, do we agree? Atlanta. In Atlanta. Houston, money lines one twenty-five. You said. Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta. Easily, it's it's unless you know Houston goes off with a bunch of home runs tonight. It's something that the Braves consistently produce, uh, as well as very very bad errors and honestly, a point that you said earlier, Brian. No pitching in this World Series. No pitching. And the last time the Astros uh, had to close out, or rather were in a closeout situation at home, they lost to the Nationals in the World Series. Uh, that's another NL East team, so I don't expect anything different. I mean, what? The, uh, last night, two nights ago, two nights ago, the Braves started a rookie as their starting yep. pitcher. And then last night, uh, the seven yeah. pitchers, ran through yep. seven pitchers in total. Seven pitchers. One key uh, pitcher I'd like to point out is A.J. Minter. Okay. As of yesterday was his first run that he let in for the entire postseason. Uh, somebody who I think has um, played pretty well for uh, a, uh, a postseason or a World Series to be relative unknown. At that. Relative yep. unknown at Guy that. Guy who throws ninety six too. Yep. Well, uh, that's modern baseball for you. It's modern baseball. I mean, I think when he came out of, I want to say it's uh, Texas A and M. He was. Hitting so. low 90s and, you know, being able to come out of college and still being able to make your fastball even better. It's nice. He's been playing great. Yeah. It'll be fun to see what he can do in the next upcoming years being that Braves. What seems to be big guy next to uh, Charlie Morton, who honestly hasn't seemed. I mean, it doesn't matter. Future Padre, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Let's see it. Freeman to the Padres. Padres, do they... Clinch a wild? Uh, do they get a wild card spot next year? You yeah, think? Absolutely. or you think they? No uh, shot. <laughs> absolutely. What do you mean no. no shot? There's no way the Giants are winning a hundred games. No, there's chance. no way the Giants are winning a hundred games. So again. with the that, Padres, the Dodgers will be winning that division next year. There is no question about it. The Padres will pretend for two months like they did this year, and we will see an NL Central team probably sneaking one of the wild card teams, and an NL East team sneaking the you other. You are game. such a reactionary. Nope. And That's NL ridiculous. Central. So what would you have there, Kyle? The, it's either the, either, either the Cardinals or the Brewers will win that division. We have Brewers. to see how the offseason plays out. As like, long as the Brewers keep their yeah, pitching, as, be as, well, they will keep their I pitching. will admit, one team that would be nice to see to squeak back into the playoffs would be the Cardinals. I feel like they had a wild card game where their team just this didn't guy. produce. You want the Cardinals to be back <laughs> in the playoffs? I think that they could have done a lot better than they did this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had them beating the Dodgers, but... I mean, who wants the Cardinals? At the end of the day, the Cardinals need to play a complete season and not just one hot month of baseball. And they didn't. And they did not. Also, maybe not have an inconsistent bodybuilder hit your three spot. Or a pitching staff with an average age of 38. We'll get to that later. Last game I'd like to run that by you, gentlemen. Big college football game this weekend that no one would have saw coming at the start. Old Miss in Liberty. Yeah. The two high, one of the two highest octane offenses in college football we're seeing right now. And you're looking at two potential first round draft yep. picks this season in the NFL. I think it's definitely going to be one of those games uh, that is going to be a very high scoring game. 
but I do think it also has the potential to be one of those very few college games to not even break uh, a 40-point parlay. Really? I think, it, I think it could. I think there's a lot more upside to it being a lot higher than that, but I think it definitely could be the game that has the potential for the offenses to just not So do up. we have the over-under for that? Or we we do. We do. Uh, Ole Miss by nine is currently it's the spread. The, the spread. Uh, over-under. I, I will get that for you. I, I think they cover for sure. Absolutely not. Malik Willis uh, is back with a vengeance. He's playing against the SEC school. The uh, SEC school in Auburn dumped them not too long ago. Malik Willis has finally gotten the bad games out of the system. He had a terrible game against Louisiana Monroe. It was absolutely awful. I think he threw three picks, but he bounced back with a win against UMass. Now, he should beat UMass. UMass is absolutely terrible. But I think Malik Willis is going to get back into a groove here. Malik is a can't-miss prospect in terms of right now. Now, here's the thing. In terms of can't-miss for this year's quarterback class, it's kind of the best-of-the-worst situation. But, hey, Malik has got athleticism. He's got a cannon of an arm. I think he'll get Ole Miss to sweat. I don't think Liberty's winning, but they definitely do not cover the spread. And I mean, the over-under over over for this game, 67.5 over, points. over. Take the over. Definitely. Take the over. And I got it. Take, and take Liberty plus nine. Take Liberty plus nine and the over. Agreed. I I I've, I've got the over. Yeah. You, you got the over and the cover. I've got the over and the cover. Wow. For sure. All right. I Not think bad. it definitely. It's one of those games that I feel truly does have that potential, to, just be a game that the offenses don't show up to. But just if it like happens, completely kind of bomb. Just completely kind of bomb. Well, I mean, Ole Miss didn't have a bad week last week in terms of that, so it is possible. It's possible, but usually college teams, especially with that great of an offense, have back-to-back weeks like that, so that's why I'm not 100% sold it happens, but it could. What's our next topic? NBA. Yes. The season recently kicked off. Gentlemen, what are some things you've noticed so far in the season? The Timberwolves! They don't suck anymore! They're definitely cool, not as right? bad as they have been in the past. I think it's very sad to see that we've lost three in a row. No. Hopefully. It was not three in a row. We've lost two. So we dropped a weird one to the Pelicans, and they lost to the Nuggets. Very strange. Uh, both those losses. Yeah, right. Bounce back tonight against the Magic. They it should, should be. Right now they're leading. Right now they're leading. Hold your, oh, I mean, I'm going to hold my breath. But. Hold your breath for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, honestly, for me, two teams that, everybody thought would be crazy. Um, maybe not everybody. The Nets. What's what's going on there? That's because they changed the foul rule. James we Harden were getting into to some of James Harden-related topics in a second. Early surprises, either players or teams. Let's stay away from James Harden just for a bit. All right, we'll do. But what do we got? The Lakers. I know everybody's been saying that they weren't going to be good. It's just crazy to see that they actually aren't. It's... Uh, embarrassing that a team with that high of a caliber offense can't seem to score. Yeah, it's crazy that some of the arguably um, most talented basketball talented players of our generation, active basketball players, especially of our generation, can't seem to score. That team could ar- arguably be undefeated so far this season, and they're what five hundred right now, four just and about three. four and three. Four so and they're three. just over five hundred. I think it's crazy that they have three losses. The Knicks, gentlemen. The Knicks. Where did the Knicks come from? Well, uh, I shouldn't be saying where the Knicks from. They came from a four from. seed last year in the Eastern Conference. They're getting stuff together. They're starting strong. Uh, the Eastern Conference, the top of the table, 
You have four five and one teams. You have the Knicks, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Bulls all at five and one. And I think the most interesting team out of that bunch has to be the Miami Heat. Their net rating uh, is astounding. I think it's like sixteen point nine. Just for reference, in terms of the total season, the seventy two and ten Bulls had a net rating of about twelve. So granted, very small sample size, but in the first six games, uh, in terms of dominating folks, the Heat are the best at it. And the Heat, after picking up Kyle Lowry, they have Bam Adebayo, they have Jimmy Butler, who's an absolute dog. Uh, this Heat team's going to be fun to watch in the Eastern Conference that kind of feels wide open right now. Another thing I feel like out of those four teams you named, the Bulls. Yeah. Come on. It's a team of arguably guys that shouldn't be playing 5-1. I yep. mean... The team. They're fun. They're I've been saying watch. it since They're the preseason. Uh, I've been saying it since the start of the preseason. You know, they started racking up hundred point games in the preseason. And granted, it's the preseason, but still, this team's gonna be fun to watch throughout the season. Um, I I don't think they rank any higher than a fourth seed. Maybe at, at best they could maybe clinch a three seed. But I mean, if they keep playing the way they're playing, who knows what's gonna happen? Did honestly. you guys catch the Bulls Jazz game at all? I saw highlights of it. Did you guys catch that game? Uh, I watched. The so highlights. Demar Derozan is wearing number eleven this year. Yep. He's done his hair a little bit differently. His dribble moves have improved this year. He looks like Jamal Crawford out there. The way that he's dribbling the ball, he's wow. hitting mid-range shots. And here's the thing: Demar Derozan is not good at shooting the three. He needs to not force that if he wants the Bulls to succeed. And they're playing really well. I mean, you got Zach Levine around you, Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball. I don't think that team's going to win a championship or anything, but they should be a 4-5 or five at worst-case 6 seed. Yeah. And they're going to be a fun watch. I definitely think if this team can make a decent playoff run, um, obviously I don't, I don't think they can be a team to go for the, the trophy this year, but um, I definitely think they would be pretty damn fun to watch in the playoffs 100%. For sure. Kyle, you have some hot takes for us? Gentlemen, off the burner. Just very quickly, okay. give me a couple sentences. Tell me if it's an overreaction or not an overreaction. Our first statement, Harden's superstardom is in trouble. 100% perfect reaction. Wow. James Harden has been the player for how many years to try and draw as many shooting penalties as he can? Mm -hmm. And now that this new rule comes into the play this year... How many times have we seen him cry every game? It's ridiculous. This I mean, he been a... finally bounced back this past game. He did definitely, that, he... for sure, but he's definitely not looked yeah. like James Harden for the first week and a half of the season, that is for sure. This is not James Harden. Uh, I think a big thing in terms of James Harden not playing that well is the absence of Kyrie Irving. If Harden was playing like he was last year, the Nets would not be having these issues. Uh, without without Kyrie, if Harden is not going to average 20 points consistently a night, it's a huge problem. And I know Kevin Durant uh, is a great player. I'd argue, even though I don't like the guy, he's the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, I, I just really think that uh, his superstar would be in trouble in terms of leading the Nets to a deep playoff run because they don't have Kyrie right now. And they probably won't have Kyrie considering his stance. Yeah, it'd be, I'd be very... Uh surprised to see him come back uh, this season any sooner than mid to late if he yeah, does for sure are the knicks for real and is rj and randall a top duo in professional uh, come on every year there's a team that starts playing crazy amazing i don't want to be that guy to say the knicks are going to be the knicks every year there's a team that just does outstanding the first quarter of the season and then tanks the rest I i'm not saying that they're going to be that team I think there's a couple other teams that definitely could, but I think seeing the Knicks at the top 
of the leaderboard right now is just kind of crazy to watch. I think the Knicks will probably clinch a four or five seed in the playoffs. I don't know if that technically means for real, but in the Eastern Conference that isn't set, it definitely could be a sign of a contender. I mean, we saw the Atlanta Hawks beat the Sixers and give the Bucks a hard time towards the end of the, end of the playoffs. Excuse me. Uh, and if RJ wants to keep dropping 35 points a night like he did uh, a couple nights ago, then I'm sure the Knicks will be happy. I am not sure if Randall and RJ are a top duo yet, but RJ's look pretty good to start, and uh, Randall's going to be coming along here very soon. I don't know exactly his stats, but I know RJ a couple nights has taken the brunt of the scoring load. Gentlemen, Steph Curry winning an MVP award this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's looked... He had an MVP caliber season when the Warriors made the play-in tournament. It's just nobody was paying attention. And now that he's got talent around him, Steph Curry is dangerous. He's still a top-five player in the NBA. He, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes home the uh, MVP. Definitely, arguably, so far this year, best three-point shooter we've seen on the floor. Arguably, the past four years, the best five years, best three-point shooter we've seen. He's the best ever three-point shooter we've ever seen. I think the fact that he's finding his groove this early is a great sign for the Warriors' offense. Gentlemen, are your Minnesota Timberwolves playoff bound? I don't want to say they are, play but in. they've looked. They're definitely sure. a playoff. Play I in think play-in sure. tournament is a good goal to have, especially for a team that has been dealing with injuries for two years and they couldn't even sniff the playoffs. They were down at 14-15. If they make the play-in, that's a huge improvement. Uh, it's going to be unfortunate when they move to Las Vegas and it doesn't matter, but hey, we'll have some fun for a couple of years. I feel like the biggest thing for the NBA teams when it comes to success is chemistry. You yep. can't have a good team unless you have chemistry. I love the Timberwolves. I'm a Minnesota fan till the day I die, and that's one thing I don't think the, twi- the Twins, the Timberwolves have this year. I'd love, I'd love in the fact to see how good they have been together, but I just don't think they have the chemistry and the history to be that team this year. I think they definitely will be a playing team, though. Yeah, I mean, the major thing when it comes to D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns is that they've only played about 20, if even that, games together uh, before the start of the season. And now you finally get D'Lo, you get Cat, you get Ar- uh, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly's look good off the bench, Malik Beasley's look good off the bench. I, this team is not going to set the world on fire. I'm not going to act like that. The West is too good, but it's completely realistic, in my opinion, to see the Wolves as a 9 or a 10 seed and make the College football, week nine, possibly a week to remember, possibly one to forget, depending on who you are. For some upsets of the week, we have Wisconsin knocking off number nine, Iowa. Michigan State, proving to everyone they are for real beating Michigan. We have Oregon, never mind. Number 18, Auburn knocking off number 10, Ole Miss. That's right. We have number five, Ohio State, surviving a little bit of a scare from Penn State. And that's that pretty much it in terms, of, much upsets, it. In right? terms yeah. of upsets. A lot of ranked teams playing unranked teams. Um, Georgia handling business against Florida. Since he had a bit of a scare. Yep, since he did have a scare against Tulane. But so did Oklahoma, though, when people think Oklahoma is a yep. national championship yep. contender. So whatever. <sighs> Honestly, my biggest team on that list of upsets is Iowa. I don't think they should be top ten whatsoever. I think that they team is nineteen. I believe nineteen, 19 now nine to nineteen. I think that's. I, I think them being ranked was ridiculous. We see back to back losses from them where they go from three to nine to nineteen, and I think that team is just going to keep going downhill. And it's unfortunate because their defense is uh, 
is all you know all American level in terms yeah. of the talent. Uh, the main issue is Spencer Petrus and the weapons around him. Well, Tyler Goodson is a fantastic running back, but Iowa is just not meant to be. We have we have two games. Purdue the the defense was exposed a little bit. They okay. one guy picked them apart and. In Bell on Purdue with over 200 receiving yards, a couple, That's right, I forgot about a couple touchdowns, and you go to this Saturday, the Badgers defense ran them over. Not a first down, I believe, until the waning minutes of the first half. Yeah, it was bad. seven measly points. I think negative rushing yards with a running back as talented as Goodson is I inexcusable. And at the end of the day, the the Badgers offense still put up 27 points against you. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. It, it's Purdue. I, I, you can talk bad about them all you want, but everybody knows Purdue always bounces back, especially from a game like that. No, are talking no. about Iowa. Are you talking about Purdue beating Iowa, or are you talking about... The Purdue lost to the Badgers. I think that's a crazy win for the Badgers, but I think in Purdue's hand, I, I don't see too much worry for them. Jules are talking about Iowa. What? You said Badgers Purdue Iowa. Badgers. We're talking about the two losses. The two losses. Oh. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Gotcha. Although, did Wisconsin play Purdue earlier this year? No, we played them before the Iowa game. That's what I mean, earlier yeah. this year? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right, because Graham, once he, I mean. We ran Purdue over, too. The, nar- the narrative uh, of Graham Murray's not being able to play ranked teams is kind of dead now. But yeah, it was funny that once teams, you get yeah. the little number next to the team name, Mertz can't throw yep. the football anymore. Yep. But uh, he's bounced back. Uh, speaking of quarterback, gentlemen, certainly not Graham Mertz. Who is your Heisman favorite? Not a quarterback. Kenneth Walker the third. He just had his Heisman moment this yep. week. Yeah. He run for five touchdowns. Uh, that's not saying that the uh, that the award is out of reach for guys like uh, Matt Corral or hell, even a Kenny Pickett has an outside shot at it if he uh, shapens up a little bit. I think he only threw two picks against Miami. I say only. That's still not good, but he still threw two, three touchdowns. He had nearly four hundred yards. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks awesome. Matt Corral looks good. Bryce Young was there early. He's probably fallen out of favor at this point after a, lo- a loss to Texas A&M, and he hasn't been fantastic. So right now, this is Kenneth Walker's award to lose, and yep. I would not be surprised at all if he brings home the uh, Doak and the Heisman this year. Yeah, I mean, five rushing touchdowns. It's If he keeps producing this way like he has been, it's going to be hard to catch him, but... I think we are all in agreement all the way around. A little bit of a hot topic around these parts, college hockey. Oh, yeah. Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. We had some rankings today from the regular polls and some rankings from some personalities. I think Bougiegrass is a hack. (laughs) I think there needs to be, somebody needs to find a different college hockey uh, ambassador, if that's what you want to call him. I mean, he is. I mean, he's the reason why college hockey's talked about on ESPN. And, you know, great. He's he's opened up that door for college hockey. I think it's gotten to the point where I think it's ridiculous that he has, you know, granted we're St. Cloud State students. <laughs> we're going to be... We're biased. We're going to be biased. St. Cloud's played unbelievably this yep. year. They've lost to the Gophers, which arguably... Shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't, Shouldn't have, have happened. happened. Uh, it could have went complete different way. Missed call. State. We're not going to dwell. Uh, and then Mankato. Mankato State, which that handed us the loss. Great. We turned it around and we beat them. I think it's ridiculous that he has St. Cloud State right And that weekend that St. Cloud played Mankato, in terms of both games together, 
St. Cloud outscored him three to one. Yeah. It was a close grind out game when Dryden McKay picked up that shutout. Also, congrats to Dryden McKay, Minnesota State goalie, for picking up the men's record for most uh, shutouts in a career with 27. I believe he passed up guys like Ryan Miller. Modern, I was a modern. There's like a, some Badgers goalie that had like 50 points. That, that's the current women's goalie. Oh, it's the women's the one. Women's oh, I got goalie, you. Uh, she is a, Can- a Canada, or Team Canada Olympian. She is still playing hockey right now, and wow. she picked up 55 Incredible career Incredible record. Shout out to her. Yeah. Something, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. She's a French-Canadian some, Yeah, goalie. something not talked about, something I hadn't heard of personally until, obviously, the men's record was set, so. 55 is insane at any level. Crazy. It's crazy, crazy numbers. Um, but it's nice to see St. Cloud ranked first in both the USHO and the USA Today. I feel like that's a good spot for them. Uh there's been a lot of movement in college hockey, as to be expected. It's hockey. Uh, not every team is perfect record-wise, and hockey's a very volatile sport. Uh, but St. Cloud, they have great pieces around them. They have probably the oldest team in college hockey, I believe. This is a team with Frozen Four experience. That was something that eluded St. Cloud for eight years now. They lost weird games to like Air Force and American International in the first round when they were heavily favored. David Rennick looks like a, a goalie of the year contender. Kevin Fitzgerald looks like a Hobie Baker Award finalist right now with the way that he's been playing. Even Easton Brodzinski has been scoring goals. So this St. Cloud team is running on all cylinders right now, or rather firing on all cylinders, and everybody else is kind of cannibalizing each other below St. Cloud. And I think uh, St. Cloud rising to the top and staying at first. No matter what Bucci-Gross thinks about Duluth or Michigan uh, or Minnesota State Mankato, I think St. Cloud has really proven themselves by this point. Uh, no, Brian jumped the gun a little bit. I We were... Gonna hop into some uh, topics about the MVPs and early favorites. Obviously, we all love St. Cloud State, but I think we would be a little ignorant to not talk about the talent that teams like Minnesota and Michigan yeah. have with all the NHLers those teams feature. In terms of Hobie Baker, I mean, you guys talk about Owen Power. Yep. Uh, I think for best goalie, it's between Dryden McKay and uh, and David Rennick. I think that's pretty clear cut. You guys. When it's just those two guys. Yep. I mean, as of now, I mean, as of for now. Henry Rennick, first four games of the season, he let up two. Uh, he what was it? The only goals. bad game he really had was against Minnesota. Uh, last year, he was a bit shaky. His save percentage was down to about nine hundred. Uh, but right now, he's only true he's bad a, he's game he's had. Yeah, only true game. Only really bad game he's had is. Homecoming uh, in St. Cloud against yep. the Gophers was what he brought up that night. Three, four goals. Four goals. It was three in regulation, one three in overtime. Three in regulation, one in overtime. So, uh, one team that I feel like should be is as good as they are and could possibly even be better with how many NHL draft picks they are. Uh, the Gophers. Uh, I think they're frauds. I think they're frauds. I think what they need to figure out is how to spread their depth better. I think it's kind of funny to see uh, a team like that get that tired and just not be able to play later into the game with how much craziness they have on their team. I mean, yeah, if you have to pull on guys to get goals, I mean, uh, you're not a great... Not a great hockey Especially when you think you draw a penalty and stop playing for a second. It's ridiculous. But, uh, like we said, we weren't going to dwell on it. Kyle, are there any uh, other guys that you are looking at in terms of college hockey? hit all the bases? I think we've hit a lot of the bases. I think teams like North Dakota have been very good this year. And I mean, they just lost to Penn State. Though. Although, yeah, ugly lost to Penn State recently. NCHC is the best conference in hockey yeah. yet again. Big Ten looks top-heavy as usual. 
Anything else, gentlemen? I mean, the NCHC, I think a team to watch out for is Omaha. Yep. I mean, when you talk about the top four teams this year, it's going to be St. Cloud, it's going to be North Dakota, it's going to be University of Minnesota. Western, Western, Mich- Western Michigan has Western looked Michigan has looked year. great. Yep. And then you've got Nebraska-Omaha. Uh, this NCHC is going to be really competitive again. Uh, one thing I liked about Bucci-Gross's poll was having North Dakota at 13th. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I know that did make uh, the, let's call them Fighting Hawks fans, uh, upset. Uh, I know they love that name down there. Uh, I think, I guess if we want to talk about the Wisconsin series, St. Cloud really handled business against them, but man, Wisconsin in terms of young talent, and I know that that's a college you like, Kyle, in terms of college football yep. and some of the other sports, and I know that you're not a big Wisconsin hockey guy because you're a big St. Cloud hockey guy, but uh, Kuhlman's uh, first round draft pick for the Columbus Blue Jackets, he looked amazing. Uh, Wisconsin, if we talk about Big Ten hockey being top heavy, uh, which is true, if there's a bunch of graduating players or a team like Minnesota is losing a ton of NHL talent, Wisconsin keeps their young core together, they'll be fine. Yep. They just got to find those guys to step up, fill the shoes of some of the guys that lost last year. They need some scores because yep. Cole Caulfield is obviously a huge loss for them. I think another team you got to mention in this race for great teams this year is Michigan. I mean, as well as they were expected to play, I think they're definitely living up to their standards. Um, big loss the other night to uh, Wisconsin, though. Good pickup by them, uh, 4-2 loss in Wisconsin's favor. Um, I really think in that, in my mind there, that is a huge upset. Yeah, I mean, that too in the Western Michigan one, but I, like Jules said, that's probably a bigger upset than Western Michigan because Western Michigan was at least ranked 17th. Wisconsin was only receiving votes at that point. Yeah, I still think they are. I don't think that's enough to justify them getting into the top 20. Certainly a step forward. For yeah, definitely program. a step I, forward. I know the program wasn't expecting them to be uber competitive this year. I mean, the women's hockey team. Of, co- of, of course. They have the talk of the time. Of, of, hockey, of yeah. course it is one of the arguably best women's hockey teams. Yeah. Like in terms of programs? In terms like of the programs ever, especially Midwest, when you think of hockey towns and cities and states, uh, that women's hockey team is unbelievable. Uh, as much as I like to make fun of Michigan, uh, you mentioned as a team to watch for at the top. They scare me. Uh, four of their five starters in terms of position players are first-round NHL draft picks. Uh, that's a team with a lot of talent. And while I do think St. Cloud, uh, in terms of winning the NCAA championship, it's theirs to lose. Uh, you could run into a hot team, and Michigan is certainly one of them. Dryden McKay always scares me, even though he hasn't been fantastic against St. Cloud. Uh, I mean, I know he had to shut out, but in terms of other games he's given up, Gold totals as much as five or three or you know whatever the case may be. So it should be an interesting college hockey season. If you're not paying attention to it, just at least make sure you pay attention to it when the uh, brackets announce for the final sixteen teams because that's when it gets exciting. And of uh, course, for that final sixteen, you got to have a quarter of the Minnesota teams. Four yeah. Minnesota teams, almost guaranteed. If not eight. If yeah. not, it might even if be not, eight, if not eight, four teams. Which four are you picking, Kyle? Minnesota teams. St. Cloud and Duluth are almost a Get lock me, yeah. at, at this point. You got to put the Gophers in there. It, it's, I, it still take a pretty catastrophic collapse. Do the Mavericks take the last spot? I. It's hard not. I mean, they got that. They've been there. And yeah, McKay is really good. So yeah, I think those are the, probably the four safest picks. But and I think a Minnesota team to disappoint this year, Midget State. <laughs> I mean. To be fair, I don't know if they've had a ton of expectations, but it was wild to see them knock off Cole Caulfield and then uh, kind of chip their way yeah. towards a, uh, well, I think they finished either in the stage of eight. I think it was the stage of eight that they finished. Uh, 
So it should be interesting. I don't know how many teams are going to make the tournament this year in terms of Minnesota. Are we thinking five, six? Five, five is probably the at, safest bet. Yeah, I'd say at minimum. I mean, four. almost three are guaranteed. Three are guaranteed for sure. I mean, I would even go as far as saying four. I have a hard if, time yeah, believing that Mankato or Minnesota yeah. are going to miss it. Uh, so college hockey's fun. It's very Midwest. Uh, there are some good teams at East. I mean, what, Harvard finally played their first two games and are already ranked oh, ninth, ninth in the country? <laughs> so people like Harvard, people like teams at East, but I, I think college hockey championship runs through St. Cloud this year. They're the team to beat, and everybody knows that. So, any other uh, last words you guys want to say? You want to wrap her up, Jules? want to wrap her up? I think this is going to include the first ever pilot episode of the new podcast series, Sports Ball Go, and Puck. Of course, hockey. And uh, with that, we hope you guys have a wonderful day.